Jamie Dupree comes right at you from the Hill in D.C. On the Sean Hannity Show. All right, it appears we're in D.C. They're going a little birther crazy here from the White House to John McCain and company. I think we're going to have to give him a bit of an education today, Jamie Dupree. How are you? All right. How about you, Sean? Uh, It is still news, but only among the elite talking class. I think it's pretty much settled law. Let me read to you. I'll read you what I think is the provision that that is most applicable to uh, Ted Cruz. It's 8 U.S. Code 1401 nationals and citizens of the United States of birth. A person born outside of the United... Well, the following shall be nationals and citizens of the United States of birth. A person born outside the U.S. and its outlying possessions of parents, one of whom is a citizen of the United States and has been physically present in the United States or one of its outlying possessions for a continuous period of one year prior to the birth of such person and the other of whom is a national but not a citizen of the United States. Now, Andy McCarthy gives the entire history of this in the Naturalization Act of of 1790, first enacted by the first Congress three years after our Constitutional Convention, Several of the framers signed in a law by President Washington, who presided over the convention, and the act provided that children born outside the U.S. uh, to American citizens were, quote, natural-born U.S. citizens at birth, provided that the right of citizenship shall not descend to persons whose fathers have never been residents within the United States and shall see presently, and uh, and, and we shall see presently Congress later change the law, making it easier. Uh... But even if the more demanding 1790 law remained in effect, which it didn't, Cruz would still be a natural-born citizen. His mother is an American citizen, born in Delaware. His native Cuban father was a legal resident many years before Ted was born. And um, anyway, he received political asylum, a green card. Once his visa expired, he became a naturalized citizen. Well, I don't think there's anybody here who's disputing that. I haven't heard one person say that they don't think that Ted Cruz... Uh, is a legitimate candidate. So I think it's getting attention mainly because of the choice of Donald Trump to bring it up and his people to bring it well, up Well, John McCain joined the birther movement today. Well, well no, I think John McCain stabbed uh, Ted Cruz more exactly. than anything else. Well, that's what I was saying. The guy yeah. that called him a wacko bird took a yeah, shot at him. Yeah, let's just say there's no love lost there. So uh, it, it wasn't it uh, it wasn't surprising that uh, to many of us here that McCain might say something like that. But, but, for the, uh, but other than that, I haven't heard a single person up here say that whether they are a fan of Cruz or not, say that they think that Cruz is not a legitimate candidate for president. The The, the question is, of course, uh, it's it's interesting to us in trying to game out what Donald Trump is up to more than anything else, uh, because, you know, he already had said a few months ago that he thought Cruz was legit as a candidate. But yet uh, the sun came up and uh, tr- uh, and Trump went right on Twitter this morning and was taking a few jabs at Cruz. So uh, I don't know whether it's a preview to more or whether Trump is just sort of testing out what he can do to Cruz. Yeah. By the way, this issue involving Bill Clinton's past continues to haunt him. Uh, a good friend of this program, Kerry Pickett, actually asked Bill Clinton uh, a question. He was campaigning for Hillary in Cedar Rapids, and the question was, what's your reaction to Juanita Broderick's reemergence? And um, as Clinton was ushered out of the event, he said, I don't have a response. If he wins the Republican nomination, we'll have plenty of time to talk. I have no interest in getting involved in their politics or doing anything except trying to help Hillary Clinton. Isn't it amazing? Did you see um, Kirsten Powers' article, how things have changed and how, you know, Bill Cosby and Bill Clinton have a lot in common? 
Well, I thought there, there was a very interesting sign. First off, there was a story about it in the Washington Post, I think it was yesterday, and then Vox did a lengthy kind of uh, very even-handed review of all the allegations and more. And so it tells me that, yes, this is a different time. And yes, if Bill Clinton is going to go out on the trail, I think there will be a lot more questions and a lot more stories written about it. Uh, where does it go? I don't think anybody knows right now, but I, I assume the Clinton team must realize that it's not just going to be sort of brushed aside and that there will be, at some point in time, uh, probably some something that gets asked. And, you know, we'll see what Bill Clinton does. I remember uh, eight years ago covering him a number of times when he was out there as a surrogate for his wife. Very, very popular, extremely popular, but also uh, caused a, a bit of controversy a number of times when he was out on I the I think trail. people argued at the time that he hurt her last time. And then he got into a battle with the Obama campaign and claimed that they played the race card against him. Yeah. No, I remember in... Uh, I want to say it was oh, in South Charles Carolina, I think. Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. I think I saw an event with him in which he was just fine through the whole uh, the whole thing. Bill Clinton, you know, uh, stump speech and everything. And it was on the rope line that he said something that just inflamed tensions big time and caused all kinds of problems. Well, he doesn't seem to have the energy. I've watched him over the years. And when he was first confronted the other day, and there was that five second pause and he had no answer. I don't think I've ever seen Bill Clinton speechless before. Well, obviously, again, I, I think it's it's going to be asked by a lot of people, and so they better figure out their answers, because I would assume it's not going to be one and done. Here's the way Kirsten Powers put it. We are a society that is blessedly that has a blessedly lower tolerance for sexual assault and harassment than in prior years. That's good news for America, but bad news for the Clinton Clintons. I think she makes a good point there. You know, now Juanita Broderick has taken a Twitter, and she's endorsed Donald Trump. Is that really her? I think it is from everything okay. that I've read. Yeah. Okay. I I haven't seen because the 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 uh, the handle on the account was something different uh, than her name. But regardless, uh, I, again, I'll just keep uh, repeating what I've been saying. I, I think the the Clinton people probably realize now that this is going to come up a number of times, especially anytime Hillary Clinton refers to uh, the Republican war on women. Joe DeGeneva, former uh, uh, attorney, uh, working for the government Justice Department attorney, I believe has now come out and said that he thinks that Hillary will get indicted. Now, I asked that question through this prism. Joe Biden has now come out for the first time and said he regrets every day not making the decision to run for president, but claims it was the right decision. Can you interpret those remarks for us? Well, I, I think that he still would like to have run, but I do think that the death of his son made him decide not to. And uh, as with any politician who has sought high office and the highest office in the land, I'm sure that every day he looks at the at the field and thinks he could do a better job. What is at what point is it literally a point of no return for anybody else to get in? You know, I don't. Um, well, uh, you've got filing deadlines coming up soon. In fact, I've got them on a, a spreadsheet right here. Um, you've got filing deadlines that have already passed for some states. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's already happened for uh, some of the presidential states. Uh, for example, Alabama is already filed. They were. Um, uh, that means there's no getting on the ballot. No, there's no getting on the ballot. We've had a number of states in which uh, there's no getting on the ballot. I think next is uh, Mississippi, I want to say, is tomorrow. Uh, yes, the 8th of January, tomorrow. And there's a number of other states. So as you go through the month, for example, as we just keep moving on, there are all uh, sorts of, uh, of filing deadlines that keep popping up all the time. I think we have a few weeks, and then later in the month you have New Mexico and Maryland and Kentucky and Indiana and West Virginia. So, you know, we already had, uh, I want to say the ballot's already done in Florida and Ohio and other states. So 
it's sort of tough. Now, you could get in a situation maybe where if you had a doomsday scenario where Hillary Clinton had to leave the race or the party elders forced her out that you know the uh, you could have enough undecided delegates in there to do something or the the convention could broker it but i think it's a little late for anybody to be, seriously be getting in the race it is not 1968 anymore uh let me ask you about this the president tonight is expected to give this big town hall i guess on on cnn or something right yes okay gun stocks now we've had what seven of the last eight trading days on wall street have been pretty disastrous right and it's the worst start of to a trading year since I believe 1991 now. And we have a lot of, a lot of other bad economic news. We'll find out the jobs report tomorrow. But Macy's is laying off uh, thousands after a holiday sales plunge. You got trading on China's stock market now is halted for a third time. George Soros is seeing a crisis in the global markets. He says that echoes 2008. So you got a lot of bad economic news out there, right? Yes. Well, don't you agree? Well, yeah. Uh, I was just waiting for you to make your next point. So my question, my, my question to you, now I forgot my question. I just okay. got thrown off. Got, what were we talking about? Good grief. You were talking about that there's been bad economic news. I, I was waiting to see where you were going with it. All right. So there's all this bad economic news out there. So my question is, uh, how much does that impact this race if all of this now comes to fruition? Does this now become a situation where it's like 2008 except now it's the Republicans that will benefit from bad economic times and a desire for change. Look, it's as we talked about before. You can have a situation where uh, terrorism and security are not the biggest issues, and then suddenly we have the terror attacks in both Paris and San Bernardino, and that becomes the issue in the campaign. Now, it could still be the issue uh, in another five, six, seven months, or if we had a spate of bad economic news, that could then overtake that and become the big issue. By the way, certainly, I remembered my question. Certainly, I think it, the boilerplate kind of answer is if the economy goes you know, over the cliff and starts really being bad, that is, that is bad news for the party in power in the White House. Yes. So with all the bad news and the seven out of eight days now down on Wall Street, it's not impacting Smith & Wesson. They've shot up 11.1% yep. this week. Now, in the last 12 months, uh, shares of Smith & Wesson, the largest maker of guns in the world, they're up 173% in the last 12 months. Now, I'm not yep. a big stock market guy, as you know, so I don't play the stock market. I don't trust the people. I think we the, we little people out here, I think we're on the, the losing end of all of these trades that they make. I think it's, it's smoke and mirrors and a bit of a Ponzi scheme at times. But anyway, but that to me is significant. The president has done more to sell more guns than anybody could possibly, one individual could possibly ever do. So why does he keep doing it? Well, listen, from talking with Democrats and from listening to him over the last week, uh, it, it I think that they just feel on that side of the aisle that they need to speak out. I mean, everybody that I've spoken to uh, in the Democratic Party over the last few days is fully with the president on his move uh, whether it's the executive actions or just using the bully pulpit to speak out more about guns and gun violence. Uh, you know, again, just because you speak out about it does not then lead to a change nope. in the Congress, and therefore somehow then gun control starts winning in the Congress. But I think that there's a lot of Democrats who just simply feel like they shied away a little from the issue for a number of years, worried about the election impact of being out front on guns. And now I think they've decided basically to heck with that. 
even if they lose, they feel like they should go down fighting on this issue. So there is a there is a newfound sense as as you talk to Democrats here in the hallways of the Capitol. I would say just from judging from their body language and more a newfound sense of they are invested in this issue and they're not going to back off just because it might be a loser for their party. Well, they ought to pay attention to this number. Since Obama was sworn into office in January of 09, Smith & Wesson shares have increased, get this, a whopping 952%. Ruger shares up 911%. Apple, considered one of the great investments in, in the last decade, uh, up 773%. So both gun manufacturers are up dramatically more. The NRA was invited to by CNN to send some officials to tonight's uh, town hall gathering that they're televising, which is going to be at George Mason University, which is in the western Virginia suburbs of D.C., uh, but they decided they didn't want to do that. I assume there's going to be somebody there tonight that will be sort of on the side of gun rights, but we'll have to see. Because it's a setup. They're not going to get equal time of the president. They're gonna... Well, it, it may not happen. I mean, look, it's, uh, again, this week, and I would assume next week with the State of the Union as well, this is all part, clearly, of a, a big PR push by the administration and by the president. A distraction. Again, you can, you can push all you want. But it doesn't mean that it translates into victory in the Congress. Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in Washington. Thank you, you, Sean.